You are listening to the Lit and Lucid Podcast, brought to you by Yoohoo Brand. Here's your host, Lucy and Jared. We are here recording live with our friend Sarah Gluck. She is the Chief Operating Officer of the American Israel Cannabis Association. How is it going, Sarah? It's going well. Great to be here. Glad to have you. Thanks for coming over. Yeah, we're super excited to have Sarah on today and learn a little bit more about Israel, uh, you know, kind of the founders of cannabis, so to say, uh, to learn a little bit more about her organization, kind of how you got into the cannabis industry. I know that you have a background as a healthcare entrepreneur in New York City. So we're going to kind of learn a little bit more about, you know, your background and how you entered into the industry and then a little bit more about ICA, what they're doing for, you know, the Jewish community as well as, you know, the American community and kind of how those two work together um, and things like that. Wonderful. Excited. Cool. Well, let's just dive right in. Why don't you give us kind of a background of, you know, how you entered here and a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, I like to uh, describe myself as a nice Jewish girl that never anticipated going into this industry. I'm the daughter of a doctor, so it's it's always been uh, Western medicine is, is the way to go. Um, and I went into medicine uh, immediately after undergrad. I uh, worked for a company that provided ultrasound services for primary care doctors, uh, and then actually started my own company under the same space. Uh, So I spent a few years running around New York City uh, trying to give ultrasounds to uh, uh, patients all over New York and and really started to understand how the healthcare system worked, Um, you know, what's good, what's bad, and also understood that I knew nothing about business and <laughs> realized that I should probably understand business if I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I went to uh, the University of Virginia, Darden School of Business, um, in beautiful Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, spent two glorious years there learning the case method. So we had cases from uh, airlines to ice cubes, uh, really understanding how uh, a number of businesses work. Um, of course, none of our cases were on cannabis, right? Cannabis wasn't even in my vocabulary yeah. um, until very recently. Um, and uh, one of the biggest questions I had during grad school was, do I want to go the corporate route? Um, and my answer was no. And I visited Denver to look at a few startups here, uh, SendGrid, Ibotta, you know, some of these big companies that are worth billions of dollars. Um, and I also knew that cannabis happened to be legal and I've never been in a legal market. I had no idea what uh, a cannabis dispensary would look like. I didn't even know that they were called dispensaries, <laughs> right? Um, so, you know, I, I went to, uh, I believe, Native Roots, and I told the bud tender, hey, I have psoriatic arthritis, uh, which is an autoimmune disease that attacks the body, um, particularly in the joints. So I had a ton of inflammation, um, and I was put on crazy biologics for a number of years. Um, and I just kind of didn't really want to do that anymore. It hurt, it was expensive, and I knew that there may be a a way to mix Western medicine with this new plant. 
And it worked. I wasn't in pain um, for the first time in a long time. So I said, all right, this is what I want to do with my life. And I told all my MBA buddies who were going into finance and consulting at all these big companies who, you know, had $1,000 signing bonuses. And I'm like, I'm going to move to Denver and join the cannabis industry. (laughs) And uh, nobody at my school really understood what to do with me. They're like, yeah, that seems entrepreneurial. Good luck. (laughs) Um, But they were supportive nonetheless. Um, Moved out to Denver without a job. Just me and my dog. Um, Nobody wanted to hire me. Uh, That's okay, though. Uh, Drove for Uber for a period of time and networked. Um, One thing I I understood is that it's a very small community um, that is very protective for for good reason. There there, um, have been people that come into cannabis for potentially the wrong reasons. Um, And I think I needed to earn my keep in, in really saying... I'm with this industry for the right reasons, Um, particularly because I'm passionate about it. I haven't had to take these crazy drugs in in a long time, and my life has significantly improved. Uh, So became a five-star Uber driver, uh, chauffeured people around, and uh, thankfully connected with a few people that opened the door for me, uh, gave me some part-time jobs, um, and continued to network, and thankfully, my hairdresser of all people <laughs> connected me with the America Israel Cannabis Association. Um, Amazing. So, who yeah. knew, right. Right? right? I've never even heard of like Uber network marketing. That's like the <laughs> most incredible thing I've ever. You get paid while you market. Right. I mean, I would just have business cards with me. That's epic. And give them to my yeah. passengers and be like, give me five stars and a job. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, for people out there that are like sitting there on their thumbs, like, there's an opportunity for you, like anywhere. You can yeah. be networking. There's absolutely an opportunity. You're, you're you don't have to necessarily. Right. So you're like you're clearly like at your hairdresser, like speak it up, saying stuff, and that's what you got to do. Right. It's it's like a, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Yeah. So if if you put what you want out into the universe and tell everybody, somebody will listen. Absolutely. Right. Uh, so I I think one of the things that we're trying to do at ICA is is tell everybody. Because there's definitely a lack of education when it, it comes to um, what is going on in Israel. Um, you know, we want to be that loud voice that people may listen to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how long have you been with uh, ICA now? So I've been with ICA since September. Yeah. Um, I am their first hire. Uh, ICA actually started in 2015 mm-hmm. by some Israeli-American entrepreneurs that had the foresight to want to take advantage of what Israel was doing, right? In, in order for the United States to be a player, we need to leverage all of the research that Israel has been doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they started that in 2015 as a passion project. Uh, life kind of got in the way, as it usually does, but they started to cultivate this list of people who are interested in, you know, either investing in Israel, licensing IP from Israel, uh, doing clinical trials in Israel, uh, and just overall supporting Israel through cannabis. Uh, So they cultivated this list for a number of years. They had, um, I believe, a a 
online conference in which they invited doctors and researchers from Israel to speak to people all over the world. Uh, and then life happens, new owners come in, um, and in September they, they decided, all right, like let's, let's do this, right? Uh, it seems like the timing is right. Um, Israel is, uh, at the time Israel was looking to export cannabis um which they now passed with the third reading so it just needs to go to uh netanyahu and his cabinet who will give the final approval and hopefully they'll be exporting around a billion dollars worth of cannabis within the next few months um you know this cannabis could go to germany to canada to jamaica all over the world Mm -hmm. so my biggest question already is so is the ICA supporting Israel's works for American companies or American, like, is it vice versa or how does the relationship work? It's, it's, it's back and forth, right? It's a two way street. It's a global industry. Like one day I would love to be smoking a strain Uh that was developed in Israel and grown in Colombia with a vapors vaporizer that was made in the United States, right? Uh, We do see a lot of uh, Israeli companies that are hungry for American investors. I would say that's that's the biggest thing that we see. Um, But we want to connect really North America and Israel with in any sort of capacity, right? So whether it is just introducing somebody that needs a job um, or needs an expert grower from Israel, Um, to uh, somebody that actually wants to uh, do a research study, right? Yeah. Phase one or phase two clinical trials in Israel. Yeah. Um, it's a significantly cheaper way to do things. Because mm-hmm. in the U.S. it's still not really allowed. No. Clinical trials. No. Um, it's Even in like legal like, states, it's extremely hard because the university is still federally funded. Yeah. Um, I know of, there's a few maybe like five in the entire United States. Um, And at any given time, there are around 100 in Israel. And I love this. So I'm looking at the blog post on your guys' website that touches on, uh, it's called What's the Deal with Israel and Cannabis? And it touches on the history. And there's like some really pronouncing stats that I hope you don't mind I I share. Please. Because I think it's going to like really, you know, add to the conversation here. So Israel currently holds over 22,000 patents on cannabis. Put that number and you had 22,000 patents on cannabis. For comparison, the U.S. has approximately 500. Right. We, so Israeli, 22,000 patents on cannabis compared to the U.S., 500. Right. Wow. So the United States couldn't even catch up if it wanted right. to. No. So that's where, yeah, I could totally see the relationship being beneficial because that's, that's where the knowledge is at. Right. That's where your resources are at as far as clinical trials, right. running research studies, doing right. things like that. Because the access to it's much more open. Right, absolutely. And these patents run from the gamut, from vaporization techniques to growing techniques and everything in between. Wow. And so American companies can fully utilize that information. Ab- Is that right. correct? Absolutely, they should. Um, and there are a number of United States companies or in Canadian companies that actually have their R&D facilities in Israel um, or have some sort of affiliation with Israeli companies or growers, right? Um, So there are a number of people that are already using this. That's incredible. 
So why don't we look back up a second for the listeners who don't really understand the background on Israel and why this is super important and why they have all this research. Why don't you explain to us kind of how this all started back in like the 60s? Right. Um, so cannabis has actually been researched for longer than all of us have like been alive combined. Um, you know, there's a professor, Raphael Mishulam. Uh, he is a legend in this industry. Um, and as a, a young doctorate student, he had the foresight to try to research cannabis because he knew that they were researching and breaking down uh, chemical compounds of, let's say, heroin. Like, let's do this for cannabis. And he and his buddies were the first people to discover the THC molecule, right? We know THC is the, the fun molecule that gets people, quote, high, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so in 1964, Israel was the birthplace of modern THC. Um, and, you know, since then, there's been a lot of progress from Israel when it comes to cannabis. And nobody really thinks about the Middle East, right, when it comes to cannabis. Um, I didn't. I certainly didn't. I didn't know that Israel has had a medical program for almost as long as California has had, right? Everyone thinks that California... No, in the, it's the 1990s. Yeah, yeah. in the 1990s, um, they had a very small, very strict program. Uh, right now, they have around 30,000, 35,000 medical patients, and it's a very different system from what we have here in Colorado. Um patients actually go to a pharmacist hmm. and they pay a set amount of money each month, no matter how much cannabis they consume. So very interesting. That's interesting, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so in terms of research, I'd say that research really started in around 2004. Um, that's when the IDF, the Israeli army, started giving THC to soldiers that were shell-shocked, that had PTSD. Um, and they saw that their anxiety levels went down, their tremors went down, the night, you know, screaming, all that went down. Um, so they started researching, and within the past few years, the government actually dedicates millions of dollars for research. That's incredible. So this this right here, that study you just referenced was my whole like college, like last two years of my college. And it was incredible. Like what I found out was 100% through Israel that what we were doing was almost like a waste of time. And I hate saying that because they're still doing that. But basically they set up this research lab and they're like, hey, we're going to try to get PTSD as a qualifying condition for medical marijuana in the state of Colorado. Right. So they said develop a pilot study, figure out how to test it on rats and then develop some studies to prove that THC and CBD in conjunction with each other work together. Right. Well, then they set five of us in the lab and basically set us to the computer for five weeks and they said, hey, figure out what all the research is out there for THC and CBD and then see what else is out there for PTSD. And it opened up this entire door to like, I think I found like six different articles where they directly researched THC in Israel and CBD for PTSD and they came back with very like evident findings that it had significant, you know, results. Right. And I thought, why are we redoing this? The, the, the research is there. Right. I'm reading it. And then I'm sitting there having people tell me, well, it doesn't work. And I'm like, I'm clearly reading. The research has already been done. Where's the education on this? Right. I mean, anyone that tells you that there's not enough research. Is lying. They're, they're lying to you. There's a ton out and there. And they just don't want to legalize this plant in any sort of capacity. 
Um, you know, whether that's because of competition with uh, drug companies or because of all the stereotypes that um, have been ingrained in our generation, our parents' generation, um, and that continue to this day. So I really want people to like take that home that it's out there. There's, there's education out there. And then when you hear somebody say that the research isn't there, take it with a grain of salt because it is there. Right. And I, I really, you know, I really love what you guys are doing and taking the route of like bringing this all to light and kind of saying, here it is, you know, let's use it, you know, resourcefully. And Well, maybe so. that's what it is. You know, people are, have this one track mind that if it's not, didn't happen in the United States, maybe it didn't happen. <laughs> right. So right. we can't like move our Google search bigger than the United States. So we just don't know. Right. So and that's what it seems like what you guys are doing is kind right. of creating that network and correlation between Israel and America and how the both can work together for the benefits. Absolutely. And it's not necessarily easy to find these studies, right? right. You're not going to find it on the front page of uh, the New York Times, let's say. Uh, so that, that's where we come in, really, uh, you know, try to uh, inform people about these studies that are going on. Like, for example, uh, you're a woman, I'm a woman getting your period can suck, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so there's a company that's researching end- endometriosis right yeah. now in the Lumi Lab. Um, it's a company called Gynica. Um, and you know we think of the hundreds of millions of women uh, that suffer once a month for 40 plus years of their life, right? Like, wouldn't it be amazing if we can use this plant to improve our pain and mm-hmm. contribute right mm-hmm. to society mm-hmm. um so like that's just one of like yeah. the hundreds of studies that are going on mm-hmm. um you that's know good. yeah yeah and this would be all stuff to be very hard to accomplish in the u.s very very, very hard. hard um it's almost impossible almost impossible yeah, yeah. um and, and i hope that does change um with at least a reschedule of cannabis um uh, there are a, a few places in the United States that do research. I know um, Harvard has a study with Foria about yeah. menstrual cr- cramps as well. Um, but the facilities in Israel are already set up, mm-hmm. right? The research has already been done for at least 10 plus years that a lot of these labs have existed and thrived. Um, and they're not just standalone labs they're affiliated with universities mm-hmm. right um, so you have the power of the hebrew university of jerusalem um you know which has uh, been like a, a a dynamo when it comes to research and science in general right we, we know that israel is great with science right like that's what americans think mm-hmm. right like they're great with science like great with technology um, and once they hear that Israel is actually researching cannabis, they're like, oh, that makes sense now. Yeah. But they still don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Um, so like I mentioned, like it's our job to say, hey, this is a research. Um, here's what you should do with it. Uh-huh. That's awesome. I haven't seen a bunch of studies where they went as far as isolating the compounds of the cannabinoids. And right. they even like backtracked and put like ratios of cannabinoids to fix certain elements. I'm like, my Lord, like the research is already there. If you want to develop like certain products for certain things, you know, people go on this tangent and talk about sleep and immediately pitch it towards like a CBG or a CBN or something for sleep. And I'm like, right. well, you know, if you really went to the research in Israel, it's probably like a multitude of those compounds mixed together in a certain ratio. Right. I mean, like already like isolated and figure that out right right um you know we've 
probably heard of the entourage effect a number of times, right? So I think the, the key is what is the ratio of all the different cannabinoids that work with your endocannabinoid yeah. system exactly. um, or that work that generally work with, um, you know, your specific um, MS symptoms, right? Um, so really exciting stuff from, you know, the mundane, uh, like, let's say psoriasis on the skin topicals to, uh, like very crazy rare forms of cancers in which they are, you know, trying very different cannabinoid profiles and finding interesting things. Well, let's switch gears a little bit from a little bit more from the research, research to more of the Jewish community. So... I've had a little bit of exposure to the Jewish community and cannabis, and for some reason, I can't pinpoint exactly what it is, but it's very unique, and it's celebrated, right. and, and it's a very niche community. So why don't you kind of speak on that, or the culture behind it? Yeah, yeah. One thing I do want to note is that like we aren't necessarily a Jewish organization at all. Uh, there are Jewish organizations in cannabis. There's the IJCA, which is the International Jewish Cannabis Association, um, which is a nonprofit. But we realize that we can't speak about Israel without speaking about Judaism, right? Um, so I just wanted to clarify that. Um, and, you know, there are definitely a number of Jewish people within this industry. And it's it's something that, like, I never anticipated, um, especially coming from the area that I, I came from. I came from a, a very Jewish area um, where smoking cannabis actually smoking weed um right. you know was taboo no, and right right i mean you could i will call it cannabis until the day i die it is not marijuana it is cannabis um you know where uh, all the stereotypes existed right and, and jews of all people like no we can't do that you become a doctor or a lawyer or go into finance um you know, so definitely coming here and realizing that there's a, a really neat community of smart, ambitious people who just so happen to be Jewish mm-hmm. um, is, is so thrilling, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so I think mixing cannabis with religion in general is, is a good thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, it allows you to be a little more connected with yourself mm-hmm. and hopefully other people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and it's something you wouldn't normally associate, but I think, you know, cannabis community in general is like that association almost in itself. It's like, we're not the norm. The cannabis community ain't the norm. It's a totally different culture. And that's what we are. We break down walls. So normally you wouldn't associate a drug use with religion ever. But like in this form, it's like, it's totally different. Cannabis is not that. Cannabis isn't a drug, quote unquote, I guess. It's much more than that to a lot of people. Yeah, I think you you said something pretty key in that like cannabis users are are a minority, right? We're still very much criminals in the eyes of the federal government, right? Um, And the Jewish people have a history of being the minority, right? Uh, so it's like a minority on a minority, and it just brings this really nice community that's full of surprises, yeah. right? Um, you know, we had this event in Los Angeles uh, called Marijuanica. Uh, so it was Hanukkah. We had a Hanukkah party. We had uh, latkes and donuts and a dad bar, right? Um, so, you know, trying to mix um, religion with uh cannabis is is interesting um 
we may do that more often. Um, we may not. We also had an event in Denver, uh, a bagel contest. We were talking about Rosenberg's earlier. Um, they, yeah. they, they won. They won. Um, <laughs> Surprise. Uh, but, you know, we we're trying to play on the, the cultural aspects of uh, Judaism to try to, like, open that door and yeah. open that conversation. Yeah. Because um, well, no matter what, you're going to have to normalize it across every community. Right. Because right. even me, you know, I'm from an extremely small farm town that's very Christian in nature. And they, I'm like the devil to them, I can guarantee you. I mean, like, their eyes, I'm the devil because I support marijuana. I support something they're probably totally against. And now it's like I have this uphill battle of trying to convince them that I'm not the devil. I'm a taxpaying citizen that works my butt off every day and very educated, you know, young man that not like that. Right. So, like, no matter what, people are going to have to, like, stand up in their community and, and then do certain things just like that to, like, normalize it into their culture. Right. Hey, we've been doing this for years. It's just you didn't know about it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, it's great. I mean, the one event that I went to in Denver, it was Chai Hadavla. Is that, yes. is that how you say it? That's not us. Oh, I know. I know oh, I know. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Chai Hadavla, right? Yeah. Hi. Okay. Yeah. Hi. Right. <laughs> right. Hi. Hi Hadavla. Uh, my point about it is that, you know, I feel like everybody there wasn't Jewish, obviously. No, like, not at all. wasn't Jewish. But it was great. It, w- it was one of the most uplifting events that I had been to in Denver to date. And it was just so cool to see that culture being celebrated and then yeah, we had cannabis and we had a dab bar. So like, who's not happy here? And we right. Had, you know, right. And and, and you get to rub shoulders with, you know, some of the biggest players here in Denver yeah. in a very um, open setting. Right. You know, I felt like I could walk. I went to that event yeah. too, and I feel felt like I could walk up to anybody and say hello. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's what we're trying to do at our events as well. Um, you know, very very inclusive events that you know, cater to this cultural um, aspect of Judaism, but really the main thing is cannabis, right? We are cannabis professionals that are trying to uh, connect with one another in some sort of capacity, whether that's over bagels or yoga or marijuana. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, whenever we hold an event, we always have some sort of message, right? Um, So, you know, whether it is, um, you know, about Israel at large or a specific study. Like for example, um, our yoga event will chat about how anxiety and cannabis have been researched Mm -hmm. in Israel. Interesting. Yeah. That's great. I love that you guys are doing cannabis and yoga. Yeah. (laughs) I am not a yoga person, but I will try it. You're going to love it. (laughs) I was not a yoga person, but I have converted since. So. If you're doing anything with cannabis, it's fun, right? Right. Yoga's nice. (laughs) I would do yoga without the cannabis. So let's just put that on the record. I will do yoga without cannabis any day of the week. So. I like the gentle yoga <laughs> in which uh, you just like kind of lay down and sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's called. My favorite too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go back uh, about Ica a little bit more. Um, so what do you guys have planned for the future? What can we expect to see? Yeah, you could expect to see us essentially in a new city every month. Um, you know, we'll be back in Denver here uh, in January, but February we'll be in Boston. March we're looking uh, at California, uh, and we're also going to Israel, which is so exciting. Wow. Uh, so there's a conference called Canatech um, in Tel Aviv every mm-hmm. year. It is probably the greatest uh, cannabis and technology conference that you could ever go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are hosting a three-day trek 
afterwards in which we visit cultivators, meet with researchers, and of course, you know, go to the Dead Sea and eat a ton of hummus <laughs> and like just had this amazing welcoming time. Uh, and then, yeah, so we'll, we'll be around the world. Um, we are also launching a podcast and webinar next month as well. Would love to have you guys on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, to really, you know, spread our, quote, gospel. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right word, mm-hmm. uh, considering whether the America-Israel Cannabis Association. Mm-hmm. But we want to sp- spread the word, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, introduce uh, people to researchers from Israel and, and hear it from them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're really excited to bring a ton of content to um, our members. We are a membership based organization um we have three tiers free 150 and 250 and that gets you a ton of things you get discounts with our partners um, you get all the podcasts webinars and of course the most important thing is um attending our events for free Mm -hmm. um and actually even more important than that is uh you get me as your personal matchmaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, like any nice Jewish girl, I like to play matchmaker. Uh, so what I do is I, I speak with startups and investors from Israel and North America and try to match company A with investor A mm-hmm. or um, strategic a strategic partner with uh, somebody from Israel. So like really exciting things, um, you know, for ICA in the next few months. Um, we're excited to spread the word and and work with amazing folks like you like thank you so much for for having us and um you know we we'd love to see you guys at our events yeah Yeah, the more i can get to know the better we're like (laughs) lifelong learners and i just absorb everything so i will be there (laughs) awesome well thank you so much sarah for sharing all the information about yourself and about ica and kind of all the exciting things that they've got going on and hopefully this is going to spark our listeners interest in you know jewish research of cannabis first of all right that can involve kind of you know a little bit more about the relationship between the two countries and kind of how everything's probably going to be meshing together here hopefully soon yes um so yeah i I love what you guys are doing with the association and i wish you you know plenty of success in the future and i'm excited to come to one of your yoga classes hopefully oh it's going to be so much fun yeah check us out at uh, www.aicannabis.com or uh, even just send me an email sarah at ai cannabis i'm happy to chat cool for sure yeah so yeah i definitely encourage you all to, to definitely take note i mean we, we definitely like, threw a lot at you this time um so you know listen a couple times if you need to but encourage you all to check out some of the research that's out there you can go to google scholar and type in israeli cannabis stuff like that uh google scholar is free and it does have a lot of uh you know, remove paywalls, I guess, so you can't find research. Yeah. Um, so, and also, if you guys have any specific questions, uh, sh- feel free to shoot Lucy and I our email or, you know, directly to uh, Sarah, and we'd be sure to uh, answer them for you. And, um, yeah, so keep stay learning. tuned. Yeah, keep learning like we're always doing. Uh, keep hitting us up for anything else you guys want to see in the future, and uh, stick with us. There's some exciting stuff coming down the road. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. Uh, We have a really exciting season four already planned for you guys, so stay tuned for that. We have plenty of amazing guests, uh, future and present and uh, past. So definitely check all of those out. Um, But with that, I think I'm lit. I'm lucid. And that's it. Laters. 
This episode of Lit and Lucid Podcast is produced in partnership with YooHoo Creative and Design. YooHoo Creative specializes in marketing, social media management, content creation, and other creative needs. YooHoo, helping your company become who you need to be. If you're interested in learning more, hit us up at yoohooCreative at gmail.com.